0: Just as they're coming and uh, putting their thoughts together and their notes together and rehearsing all the stuff that they've got to say, yeah? Yeah, yeah. We uh, also had a team, I I wasn't here last week, so we didn't officially welcome the India team that are back um, from South India. So Claire and Ruth was there and sally Ann and Milan and... uh, (laughs) Bethany, so welcome back. We will get them to share at some point during the next couple of weeks, but they did an, uh, just an amazing job and uh, worked tirelessly uh, all week long. So if you can catch up and hear their story, please grab them over a coffee straight after our morning celebration. So here's the crash team. Who wants to go first? No fighting over the mic, please. Former orderly man. You want to go first? Good yeah, man.
1: Right, so my favorite part of Crash was just the community, you know, getting to know people better and making new friends and speaking to new people, whether that was praying for them or just having a friendly chat with them. Uh, Yeah? Uh,
0: My favorite part of Crash was giving out chocolate bars to the local businesses and just seeing how much it meant to them, knowing that God loves them. My favorite part of Crash was when we give out the milk and going door to door and seeing people be blessed and even praying for people. <laughs> uh, uh, when we were out giving milk, we I managed to pray for three people. Uh, one had a niece in intensive care, one had anxiety, and one's dad was in hospital, so. Thank you guys. You love it up here, don't you? (laughs) It's great. Um, No, they did a fantastic job. Um, Michelle said it last night, sometimes teenagers just get a lot of flack, but we're exceptionally proud of the teenagers that are part of Vineyard Church Dungannon and their friends that came to join them this week. They were exceptional, their their humility, their energy levels (laughs) at times. but actually, just their boldness and courage to ask people for prayer and pray for them in public and businesses and on streets is just absolutely brilliant. And if we can raise a generation where that becomes the normal, then this town is all the better for it and the surrounding areas. Would you agree? So why don't we just give it up for them and encourage them in all that we do? very mission-centric this morning. So with the uh, India team back, we had the crash team doing their stuff. And then uh, at the start of the middle of the week, we have a small team heading out to Cali. We're going to pray for them after our celebration this morning. So please remember them in your prayers too. You're a great church. I like this place. I would come here. I honestly would come. I'll be back next week. And I hope you will be too. Guys, we are going to continue our worship by giving back to God and tithes and offerings. Uh, We want to be generous and doing mission actually costs money to bless people, to bless businesses and shops and even just to, uh, yeah, take the good news out in so many practical ways. It does cost us and we want to do it better and we want to do it bigger and we want to be generous and extravagant with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to give. It's not... um, it's not some bank account that we're storing up, and this is not some TV evangelist. This is a mission-centric church that has given away their best and given away sacrificially week in, week out. So would you stand? I want to pray over us as a community of faith this morning. As a family of God, that God would continue to enlarge our hearts for mission here, near, and far. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you just continue to rest on us? Would you presence yourself among us? We thank you for the spirit of God that's here right now and just who reveals Jesus in so many beautiful ways. God, I pray this morning that you would just enlarge our hearts, Lord, that we would be extravagant in our generosity, extravagant with our words, that are kind and encouraging, extravagant with our means and our substance, extravagant with our time, extravagant with our patience, and extravagant with our with our forgiveness and mercy. God, would you come? And so, God, we just give back to you now because you're so kind and you're so good and we want our hearts to catch up with yours. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Why don't you give? And it gives me great privilege this morning to uh, welcome our Danish friends. uh, Kenneth. That is very conservative. Clap. We're not at a cricket club. Yeah, thank you. And Benjamin. Benjamin's been over with us. He was uh, speaking a Crash, and uh, I got to meet Benjamin. Uh, Michelle and I went over and did a retreat for their church family in Odense. Nearly, I did call it Odense when I was there. O-D-E-N-S-E, as would you, so don't be smart. Um, so they're a beautiful tribe. They're a beautiful part of the Vineyard family. Extraordinary church, half a percent of their city and their community where they live is Christian, uh, atheist, secular. And these guys are winning people's hearts to Jesus through their kindness and their generosity and their simplicity of loving Jesus as they do as a community. It's extravagant and it's wonderful to see we, uh, we were at the retreat. We had met atheists on the retreat who liked us but still said they were atheists. And I couldn't get over that. I think they're pretending. And the atheists would choose to go to church on a weekly basis and then spend money to go to a retreat. God has to be there somewhere. So they're a fantastic church. Pray for Europe. Pray for the vineyard family and the tribe in Europe as they ex- extend the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this is a beautiful man. He is very funny. He um no, they are he really is a I'm not being sarcastic. you say he is sarcastic, I'm sarcastic, and we never know when one is telling the truth, uh, so that's the danger of being sarcastic, but Benjamin, come up, we're going to pray for you, as so we just quickly introduce you. We don't want to take any more of your time. It's two minutes past seven p m on the clock there, so you have to ten p m yeah, yeah, we're just going on crash time. oh, okay, so uh, without the worship, relax we'll we'll get your timer up and so Benjamin is a great guy, um, he is a, a psychologist. psychologist, super helpful for me, <laughs> and uh, he's earned his money this week, and um, so, but he loves Jesus, when you're around him, the conversation will quickly turn to Jesus at some point in the conversation, and I love people that talk about Jesus, don't you? So let's just pray for him as he brings this message, I've asked him to do this message this morning, I hear it during the week. So um, I'm going to pray for him. Might you stretch out your hand? See, he thinks everything's a joke. This is true. They're stretching out their hands. Okay. Okay. Okay, It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Okay. Father, we thank you for Lego, for ABBA, for Ikea. (laughs) Wrong country. No, Father, we thank you for for Ben. We pray that your spirit be on him right now. Give him a freedom in this family, his family, the wider family. Pray that he feels like our brother and sister here at home and give him a, just, a, yeah, just a sweet mercy and a, a grace anointing to bring freedom to lives today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.
1: Well, thank you so much, guys. Well, I think it's important to remember in all of this that uh, Sweden is a garbage country. <laughs> it's just sometimes you forget it's sad, but really just, just remember it. If you take anything from the message today, I think it's that Sweden is a garbage country and that Swedes are a garbage people. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, sometimes you forget, you know, it's silly, but yeah, just, just a quick reminder. Also, I've been told, because I want to make you like me, so I've been told to say something, and I don't know what it means, but it's, How, howl, your whistle. Howl, howl your whistle, howl your whis- whistle, howl your whistle. Whist? How you, how you whist? 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 <laughs> I, I don't know if I just swore there I have no idea what that means honestly if you want to would you like to learn something in Danish okay so this is a difficult phrase it's like a berry dessert with cream is delicious you have to come it's much better than Sweden and it's called rød grød med fløde so we are gonna take it slow rød grød Med yeah. Flöde. Yeah. yeah, and then put it together. Okay. <laughs> okay, so when you come to preach, just preach about that. <laughs> uh, I'm, so, I'm so happy to be here, guys. It's been such a blessing for me and Kenneth to come here. Uh, your teens are amazing. You know that, right? They're just so great, and I've just been so encouraged. They're way more heroic and awesome than I am. I'm just coward. Basically, I'm a Danish coward, slightly overweight. Sometimes I have a bad breath. Uh, but they, these guys, they're the big deal. Like, they're awesome. I'm just, I'm just a fan. I'm just such a fan. And uh, yeah. And also, I just want to say how big a fan I am of your church. Like, you probably haven't heard of Odens. It's actually Odense, uh, uh Vineyard. But it feels like you guys are part of our church history because of that uh, church retreat we had. Uh, and these guys, crazy cats, uh, they, uh, they are just so lovely people. I hope you pray for them and, uh, like, support them in every way you can. They are just amazing, and, yeah, I love them. Yeah, so uh, we've had at Crash the theme of heroes, and uh, we've been talking about uh, how we want to become heroes for Christ, and we've been talking about how Jesus has a name for us, a superhero name. The name that we really want to be called—the name we maybe don't always know—but uh, a name he has for us. And the, I'm going to give you a talk today about the pain of the hero, because all heroes encounter pain. And Jason has asked me to give this talk again, and I had actually something else prepared, which I, I guess it means I have to come back, right? Yeah. And I think—and I think the kickstarter is—it's—it's it's up and going now, right? Yeah. What? what what does this mean? I don't know. Uh, yeah. So please, please invite me back. I would like to come. Uh, but anyways, uh, God is calling us to take great uh, part in the, His great story. So today we are going to talk about a season of life that has different kind of names, like different names depending on what you read, but it's been called the Abyss, the Dark Night of the Soul, some call it the Desert. Uh, But basically when you watch uh, superhero movies or read the comics in every origin story of the a superhero uh, There comes a point where the hero faces pain and uh, suffering Uh, Their arch enemies have them at gunpoint or their sidekicks leave them They're alone Uh, They're abandoned. They're at their their all-time low, right? and it's true for all the great superheroes and I, when I prepared for this I realized that superhero movies are kind of sad often like uh, superhero, like Superman's planet gets blown up and uh, s- s- both Batman's parents get killed right by a street thug and s- Spider-Man's uncle gets killed by a street thug. Lots of street thugs in superhero. Not, don't make for great arch villains but they're there remember the street ducks and um, yeah and also the lord of the rings um, frodo travels through uh mordor and everything for 6 months from the shire, the shire? that's what it's called uh, to mount doom to throw in the the ring the, uh, the one true ring uh, just 6 months of just suffering pain resistance and i it's all kind of depressing and i've realized that Uh, the difference between villains and heroes are how they deal with pain and suffering in their lives. So uh, the villains, the anti-heroes, they are shaped by pain and suffering in such a way that uh, their actions stems from that pain and suffering. It turns into bitterness. It turns into jealousy, anger, resentment. Uh, So what we're going to talk about today is that is how we deal with pain and suffering in our lives. Uh, and I'm not saying that if you don't deal with pain and suffering, you'll turn into a villain, although that would be kind of cool. I would like to be, I, I, think, I think Jason would make a great uh, Bond villain. I've always, like, <laughs> hello, Mr. Bond, I have a wee death for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to be culturally relevant. Uh, but, I, but I'll say this, you know, I, I work as a psychologist, and you know what my job is, basically I do a, lots of different things, but I do a bit of therapy as well, and uh, people, they come to me and they have a problem, or uh, like a, an unhelpful thought, or they've been exposed to something they shouldn't have, or are dealing with stuff that's difficult, and what they usually want me to do is take the problem away, and often that's disappointing for them because I can't do that. But if I'm lucky and if I'm doing my work right, uh, I might be able to help people cope with that pain and that suffering. I might I might, if I'm very lucky, help them not waste their pain, but actually grow from the pain. Um, Yeah. So and this is sad for me because most people do waste their suffering. Um, Most people don't improve from their injuries. Most people don't learn from their mistakes, profit from their losses. Uh, And that's what really breaks my heart. Not the pain itself, but when we don't mature from it, basically. Uh, yeah. And so tonight, humbly, and I feel like a little bit part of the family here, so very humbly uh, here today, I just want to suggest that, I want to point out that you will encounter pain and suffering, and so will I. Uh, and every prob- everybody has problems, right? But some learn, and sadly, some don't. Uh, that's just the, the reality of life. And uh, throughout my studies, I learned that you can um, uh, endure massive amounts of pain if, you can, uh, if it has a purpose, right? For instance, pregnancy. Pregnancy, I've been told, is not a nice it's not a nice experience. Uh, so, but, but you're willing to go through it, right? Because there's a baby, hopefully, uh, in the end. Uh, but who, how, how, how many of us would go through the pain of pregnancy without the baby? Just for the sake of the pain, right? But pregnancy pain has a purpose. Uh, yeah. And so the Bible actually tells us that uh, God can use our pain and work in and through our pain to give it purpose. And yeah, and and too many people, I find, waste their pains instead of collaborating with God to give the pain purpose. Uh, And so the pain becomes pointless, basically. And you don't grow, you don't mature from the pain. Uh, And you know, I hope you realize that I, I have not figured all of this out for myself yet. I'm still struggling with this. Uh, And so I just want to briefly, just very briefly, tell you about a very difficult time in my life a few years ago. I had just taken up new responsibilities in church, Uh, so that was kind of a stressful period for me, just trying to figure everything out. I stepped into leadership in our church, Uh, yeah, and uh, I had a very stressful exam period. Like there was a screw up at the university, so basically I had like five exams throughout the month of January. I didn't sleep well, I didn't eat well, I. Constantly had two or three sa- exams on top of each other, very stressful, not very nice. Uh, I suddenly I had I had a, I got an infection in my foot, and I had like long uh, long uh, periods of sickness, being ill. I was in several different kinds of medication. Uh, I developed allergies. I haven't had allergies before, and I haven't had allergies since. But in that period of time, I suddenly got very severe allergies, and I had like had to take pills for that as well uh yeah, I had uh, friends who left church, very good friends who just suddenly, they just stopped coming to church, stopped following Jesus um, my relationship with my then girlfriend broke down, which <laughs> as you might imagine, has its own uh, pain involved uh yeah and and at home, my dad and I were fighting about some stupid church issue. It's a long story, but basically. I didn't really feel at home when I was at home. Uh, When I was home, there would be snarky or sarcastic comments about me going to church. It wasn't very nice at all. And so, and the final thing that happened was that my grandfather died. And uh, my grandfather, he he was an awesome person. You would have loved to to meet him. And uh, it's not that my father is unstable or anything. He's just been all over the place, right? So he trained to be a violinist and a baker and a gardener. He's been like all over the place. Uh, and my f- grandfather, he was always such a stable, calm, soft-spoken guy. And he meant so much for my faith. Uh, just a great guy. If, if you liked me at all, you would have loved him. He's, he was amazing. And he died very suddenly, very after very short illnesses, uh, short-term illnesses. He died. Uh, and so, and this was in the span of like four months. And so, by the end of that period, uh, I just felt so broken and so alone. Uh, my church leadership was just extremely lonely. Very, very hard for me. Mentally, I was exhausted. I was sick. I was depressed. I was stressed, and I was just broken. And I, I had very few friends. It felt like my family, the place I usually could go to for just some sense of comfort. It wasn't really the the source of comfort. It used to be. Uh, my church didn't feel like the home uh, it should have been for me. Also because I had... Me and my pastor, Thomas, we had like... Yeah, we, we just couldn't figure out how to talk to each other for some reason. We kept misunderstanding each other. It was very painful. Uh, yeah. Very few friends. Didn't feel at home at all anywhere. And so, when I... I have discovered that sometimes when you hear stories of pain, uh, you compare your own story to that story, right? So you might be thinking, "Oh, that's harsh, Benjamin," and uh, "Oh, we feel pity for me, or whatever," or you might think, "Oh, that's nothing. Like you should hear what I've been going through. It's nothing. It's nothing like, like what you've been going through." And that's not really, that's not really the point I want to make. Uh, maybe you have experienced pain worse than I, but I just want to uh, suggest the verse from Paul. That's uh, from Paul, Romans 8. That's the point for for today. And it says, We know, we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. And speaking to believers there, Paul says, uh, we know like not what we we trust or we believe or we kinda sorta think that God is with us in pain he says we we know that God is in in our pains so God is working all things like the bad things the painful things the sinful things the evil things and he does that for our good Uh, and that verse means that pain can be managed by purpose and on purpose, for a purpose, basically. Uh, so, instead of wasting our pain, we should allow God to turn the pain and suffering into joy. And, uh, yeah. So, I've just come up with four ways that God can use our pain and suffering. And there's probably more, but I'm just going to do four tonight. Not tonight, today. Yeah. So, the first purpose of our, for our pain could be to use the pain to draw closer to God and to trust Him more. Uh, And there's a verse in 2 Corinthians that says, we were crushed and overwhelmed and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But that was good, for then we put everything into the hands of God, who alone could save us, and He did help us. So basically, when we encounter pain, we have a choice. Either we can run to God or we can run away from God and uh, at that point i yeah at that point in the middle of the pain i didn't really know my way but but looking back now uh, it makes so much more sense for me to run to god than run away from god like if i run away from god what am i running to like it would make much more sense for me to run to the one who can actually do something about my pain uh, and so i found that throughout this time after that season in my life my relationship with God has really improved a lot. I've spent so much more time in prayer and silence and solitude. And my relationship with God is just so much more honest. Even during that period, uh, I, I ex- experienced that I was much more open with God about how I felt, basically. And that's what you do when you're in pain. You tell God how you feel. Uh, you, you, you can cry out to God. Uh, you can tell God you're in pain. You can even argue with God. That's called a, a, a prayer of lament. Uh, and so we need to worship God in all the stages of grief. Like, in other words, you use prayer to express shock. You use prayer to unload your sorrow or your sadness. You use prayer to struggle with your emotions. You use prayer to surrender your life to God. Uh, when you don't know which way to turn, uh, you use, you ask God to use the pain for good in your life. You use up all the emotions. You don't suppress it. You don't repress it. You you confess it to God. Uh, pain can draw us closer to God. It really can, I believe. Uh, people meet God when they're in pain. I I'm sure you have tons of stories from your church, but in our church, we just have so many stories of people meeting uh, God in the very worst season of their lives. We had, we've just baptized this spring a girl uh, who was just a staunch atheist, very, I think she's 20, 22, something like that, uh, had just a hard life, battling mental illnesses, addictions and uh, and she was at the very worst moment in her life and contemplating suicide even when she stumbled upon our church and she met jesus she she uh, she got baptized it was such a privilege for me to be involved in that people meet and i'm you you might have your own story like that but basically people tend to meet god when when we are in pain right Uh, god is never closer to you than when you're in pain basically and uh, it says in Corinthians, Paul, he says to, to, uh, to the Corinthians, he says, I'm glad not because of it that's uh, their troubles uh, hurt you, but because the pain turned you to God. So that's the first pain, uh, point I want to make today, that is don't waste your pain running from God. Uh, let it draw you closer to God. I think Mike Pilavachi has a saying like, the way we deal with pain, like worshiping God, even in the pain, that's what separates spiritual uh, boys and girls from men and women in Jesus. I like that very much. So that's the first point. We can use pain to draw closer to God and trust Him more. And that, the second point is that we can use pain to draw closer to others. In what, that's what we call fellowship. So uh, that means you have to be honest about your pain, right? Uh, pain will mature and deepen your love uh, and your your relationships. Uh, and that's because, and I s- tried to practice saying this, suffer sensitive, sensit- sensitizes, <laughs> sensitizes, thank you, Mr. James Bond. Uh, yeah, it does that. And uh, it turns you away, basically, I found for myself at least from being self-centered Um, to seeing other people in pain. Uh, And I will tell you, that season in my life did so much for my relationship uh, with my friends. I realized first and foremost that I wasn't always the friend I should be, honestly. I wasn't as attentive as I should be. I wasn't as caring as I should be. But also just my relationship with uh, Thomas and Sarah, my, my pastors, we had a lot of run, run-ins with each other during that time. And we weren't always as sensitive to each other as we should have been. Now, now I could say it, yeah. Um, yeah, but now because we've gone through that, our friendship is, is so close, really. And I'm just so honored not just to call them pastors, but actually, actually to call them friends. Um, yeah. And because they were there for me in my time of grief, had the honor of being there for them when they were grieving and when they were struggling. Uh, yeah. Because pain does that to you, it makes you more sensitive to other people in pain. You see people who hurt. So you, I've gone through some stuff, and because of that, I'm better at grieving with someone. Uh, and that's what you can do you can use your pain to get closer to someone, you feel it with them, right? And uh, in Galatians, it said, by helping each other with with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. Now, what is the law of Christ? The law of Christ is love your neighbor as yourself. So basically, this means that pain can teach us how to really love. Love is doing the sacrificial thing. And uh, sometimes what we tend to do is then when we do have fellowship with each other around pain... uh, we, we tend to over-explain. We tend to, uh, yeah, just uh, talk and talk and talk. Uh, but that's not always what's needed. What's needed often is just the ministry of presence just being silent with each other. Did you notice that Job's friends, they had it actually right until they started speaking? <laughs> so they were, they were silent with Job and then they screwed it up by starting with coming with all kinds of different explanations, which weren't helpful. And I remember in my time of grief, a very nice Christian man came and had a, an excellent theological explanation as to why I experienced pain, and it wasn't very useful, and it actually ended up hurting me more. <laughs> so, so don't do that. We need to be silent with each other sometimes. And that what, that's when you've experienced pain you're more able to do so because you know what people are going through, right? Okay, so that's the second point. So the first point was draw closer to God. Pain can be used to draw it draws closer to God, and the second is to that pain can be used to draws closer to each other. And then the third point I want to make is that we can use pain to to draw closer. Whoops, that's the same point. <laughs> it, that's why your sermons are so long. No. Uh, <laughs> That's a bad joke. Sorry. I love you. I love you. We can use pain to grow deeper like Jesus. That's, what, uh, that's what's uh, called discipleship, right? Uh, pain is an opportunity to work on your attitude, uh, your virtue, your character. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but we learn to love around unloving people. Uh, we learn to joy in the midst of grief. We learn patience when we have to wait. That's a difficult one for me. Uh, we learn self-control when the situ- in the situations where you don't control anything. For some reason, God just designed it that way. Uh, but it is a choice, right? We can choose to be bitter or to be better, right? We can let pain be a, a stepping stone or a stumbling block. And one of my favorite verses is in the verse of Proverbs, chapter 20. And it says, sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. It's so simple. I'd like to read it again. Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. And I found that we don't really change that much when we see the light. We change when we feel the heat. Uh, And the thing is that once you're in God's family, uh, once once you've accepted Jesus into your life, God's purpose for you is to become more like Jesus. Uh, When you're born again, He basically wants you to grow up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and God wants us to make us more like Jesus. And Jesus was the perfect human being, but He has to take us through all the stuff that Jesus went through, right? So. God did not spare his own son, uh, Jesus, uh, from being criticized or being ridiculed. And I felt in that time or in the months after that God said to me, well, uh, why would I spare you, Benjamin? I want to make you more like Jesus. Uh, He wants me to grow up. He wants me to become more like him. And in Hebrews, Hebrews, it says, so even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. He learned obedience from the things he suffered, the things he suffered. And it also says in Hebrews, suffering made Jesus perfect. And now we can say, now he can save forever all who obey him. And that word perfect, another translation would be complete. So suffering made Jesus complete. And this points to the fact that some things can only be learned through pain, Uh, sadly. And I sometimes wish that that wasn't the case, at least for me. I have argued with God, I've said, if I had to learn those lessons in my life, I could think of 10 different ways to do that without taking me through that uh, season of my life. But somehow it's just like that. It's some things we only learn in pain. And that's why pain is a great opportunity to grow and to work on our virtue and our character. Uh, And I also I don't know if you've thought about this, but what inspires people about Jesus is not the teaching or the miracles or the his perfect life, right? It's it's his suffering. It's the way he died. Uh, and in 2 uh, in Corinthians, it says, Now, isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded you closer to God? You're more alive, you're more concerned, you're more sensitive, you're more reverent, you're more human, more compassionate, more responsible. Look at it from any angle. You've come out of this with purity of heart. Pain never leaves us where it found us. It's just not possible. So that's the th- third point. Uh, yes, I'm in pain, but you can you can use your pain to grow. You can benefit from your pain, not just for now, but for an eternity. Okay, and then the f- fourth and final point, and then we're gonna wrap it up. So the final thing we can use pain for is just to use pain to witness to the world as a witness. Uh, and so, like Jesus, the world is not really impressed with by the way that we encounter prosperity, by the way we encounter success, and uh, I, in all humility, have also experienced success. It's not just been pain. I've also had success in my life, but that's not the thing that really inspires people. Uh, it's how we handle adversity and how we handle pain and uh, our broken hearts that inspire people that don't know Jesus because... Yeah, that's just how it works for some reason. Like fame doesn't earn respect, but faithfulness in tough times does. And so writing in uh, a prison, Paul says, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. And so Paul says, actually, that the pain and suffering I've went through, uh, I could use to model the message, basically, and as it turns out, uh, where would we be without that pain? because uh, because of the fact that Paul was in prison, he had time to write all those letters that basically make up the New Testament. Uh, and so it says in Second Corinthians 2 it says, uh, Paul writes, "In everything we do, we try to show that we are the true servants of God. We patiently endure suffering and hardship." trouble of every kind and Paul he writes this and he's gone through like shipwrecks being stoned uh yeah he's been flogged uh, he's been abandoned 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 <laughs> uh, and then in the end of that passage he writes and, and on top of that all the churches I've planted uh, causes me suffering too and I'm like I I, I've, I have a hard time just getting out of bed and I haven't even planted any churches uh, so So Paul says that in everything we do, in everything we do, we try to show that we are the true servants of God, patiently enduring uh, suffering and hardship and trouble of every kind. And so this points to the fact that in everything we do, like the sin, the suffering, the pain, the failures, in every area of your life where you've had pain, you have a testimony. Uh, and I humbly want to ask you to not waste your testimony, right? So if you've gone through bullying or being bullied, you now have a bully testimony, right? And if you are having a divorce or had a divorce or your parents have, have had a divorce, you now have a family testimony. If you've been sick, if you've been ill mentally, physically, if you've been hospitalized, anything like that, you now have a physical testimony, And there are people in Dungannon who are going through the stuff you are going through right now, and they will listen to you. They will listen. Uh, Yeah, it was the suffering of Jesus that was the greatest testimony to his love for us. And the same can be true for you and me. Uh, So that's the four purposes I have thought of, and you might have other purposes as well, but... What I really want to say is that you have everything you need right now. You know that your church is, your church is so amazing. Like the, I, I go to a few different churches now and then. And just the sense of community, the sense of family, the sense of friendship. Uh, I, I, I'm just so touched by that. And it's not something you should take for granted, right? And so the city of dodg is just longing for you to share your testimonies. And to be heroes in the way we deal with pain and suffering, and we don't just do it for us, we do it to praise God, and we do it to oh oh, it's still working uh, we do it so so other people will see what a magnificent Jesus we have, so loving he 's so good, I just yeah he's great, uh yeah, so. We'll finish up with some I don't know what we'll finish up uh, is it okay, so uh, we'll finish up with some prayer, I guess, so let's just uh, stand up for a bit. So now, uh, first of all, if you I don't know where you are in your life, but if you're here either for the first time or you've just been coming here, not really knowing how you feel about this Jesus fella and uh, and you're, you're saying, "Oh, actually." I want this Jesus person in my life. I want him to help me with, in my pain and suffering. I just, uh, we, want, we do this in our church. I don't know if you do this here, but I would just ask you to raise your hand. And nothing, nothing's going to happen. I'm just going to pray for you from here. So if you want to receive Jesus, maybe for the first time or maybe uh, just receive him again, then just uh, raise your hand and I'm just going to pray a quick prayer from here. Is that all right? Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, any more? Yeah. Okay. So Jesus, just thank you so much. You're the love. You are the love that can soften our pain. You are the, you are the Savior of our hearts, Jesus. And we just long for more in you. And I just want to pray for everyone who raised their hands right now that you will just meet them in a very real way. Let this not just be another Sunday. Let this be a Sunday where we meet you, the real living God, Jesus. Just come, move into our hearts. Amen. Okay, so uh, if you would like to receive prayer for pain and suffering in your life, maybe you've gone through pain and it all feels pretty pointless, then please let us pray for you. Is, uh, yeah. Or if you just want prayer in general, like we're just here to serve you guys, me and Kenneth. Uh, so please, please just take advantage of us in <laughs> that way. Yeah. And so, Jason, would you like to finish up?
0: I'm just going to invite our prayer team to come and service this morning. If you're part of that, people that bless us in that way, if you pray for people, would you just come? Quickly and, I don't think I need to add anything to what Benjamin said this morning. He didn't just preach at us, he told us a story in vulnerability. And he wasn't selling anything, but he was telling a story, and so, so powerful. Also, if this is the first time this morning that you've opened your life or, or took a first step towards Jesus Christ, the one who can heal your heart and your brokenness and your pain. Would you come up this morning and just graciously these guys will pray with you? And they would love the honor just to pray over you this morning if this is the first time you've done it, Maybe it's, a, it's, a, it's just your love has been rekindled by Jesus Christ this morning again, and that's a good thing. He's warmed your heart and your soul again, and you've you responded and put your hand up. And Again, would you come up the front and just get some prayer this morning? guys to the left and right and I'd allow them just to pray God's love over you and through you and in you this morning that you would continue to be his testimony and his story and uh, yeah we'll just, wait, just still our hearts just for a moment come Holy Spirit come wonderful Holy Spirit thank you for the reminder today again that God you're in your inner lives in every circumstance and every season of life. So, where hearts are breaking, we pray for a breakthrough of the kingdom of heaven right now. And we say, Your kingdom come. Your will be done. That which is perfect. Lives and life's in hearts and minds right now. It's just the grace of the Spirit of God here this morning. so I just don't want to rush on to coffee, but coffee's important. But His presence is sweet. Would you be so kind and gracious this morning? Would you just put your hand out just as we finish up? If you want prayer, why don't you just make your way to the front? Just put your hands out. God just wants to rest on us. There's a beautiful verse in, in John. First John, it says where our hearts find rest in his presence. And I just feel this morning that the Lord just wants to give you rest. Rest from your pain, your sorrow, your troubles, your past. And some of you are thinking today, my God, I could not tell anybody my story. And yet it's probably the one thing that will set you free and so many others free. Pour it out, Holy Spirit. Pour it out. Let's walk through aisle, through seats. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray today that nothing is wasted. Every appointment, every disappointment, every struggle, every sleepless night, every nightmare. Every worry, every fractured relationship, every argument would not be wasted. That you would wrap it up and cleanse it with your love, Jesus. Your purity, your mercy, your gospel, your good news. Your good news. So such a sweet presence of Jesus here. It's a sweet, sweet presence of Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you, Sandy, just please, over us, which is a prayer in itself, communication to the Father. Would you come and allow these friends and family to pray for you this morning and not just rush into another week, into another moment, into another system, into another routine. Allow the unforced rhythm of grace. Captivate and set your week. Bless you in the name of Father who is good. Bless you in the name of Jesus Christ who gives grace. And I bless you in the name of my friend, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, bless you. Callie team, would you come? At least you should come this morning and get some prayer and lead us in your example and your service. And everybody else, why don't you join them? If we need more people to pray, we'll be here. Bless you. Have a great week. Walk in the power of the Holy Spirit.